This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Previously on Homestale Radio. The worst start to a show ever, like ever. In the history of our show, it's 80% your son crying. And it's, it's made me really uh, angry and upset to the point where, you know, I don't really want to do the show. I just want to sit in a quiet room for a while where there isn't a baby crying. Uh, eight, three, one, triple three. Eight, three. Yeah, no, Chicken. <laughs> Chicken tikka. <laughs> Oh, really? Oh, with all placing your orders. And the Balji, please. That's all I want. I don't want anything else. Just, just so you Balji. know, just so you know, Joe, if I hear you eating this during the show, <laughs> I am going to sack you. I'm okay. really close to sacking people, alright? I'm really close Good. today. Good, okay. Alright. Colbert, please. I don't want f***ing that masala. Joe, there's a mute button, mate. Oh, I did. One you minute can... to the show and you're talking screaming about Masala. I really hope that that was going out. I really hope that Mike has clicked early like he often does. Can I um, quickly say hello to someone? He just texts me all the time to know his points or when he listens all the time to us. And uh, Eddie, appreciate the shout out. Thank you. Can I, can I then do that as well and just say thanks to the um, plumber guys at PTS in Wallington. They're <sighs> all Palace fans. And I said I'd mention them if I got on. I'd like to make a shout out for Glenn, Glenn Murray. <laughs> I knew you fucking say that. For all our contact information and to send us an email, visit holradio.net forward slash contact. Good evening and welcome to Homestay Radio. My name is Chris Hambling and I'm your host tonight as we review the last seven days of Palace, culminating in yesterday's 2 0 defeat away to Hull City. My co presenters tonight are Patrick O'Connor. Hello. Hello. Gerald Holyoke. Hello. Hello. And making his whole radio debut, we have Jay Graham from the Eaglespeak.com. Hi, Jay. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> After the euphoria of last week, uh, the Eagles were brought back down to earth by a hard side, meeting quality and experience with a hard-working and fairly cynical display to nullify any real threat. Send us home to SE25 with nothing to show for our efforts. We'll be giving our views on what went wrong, key moments from the game, think is needed in response. As ever, we want to hear from your views. Do get in touch during the show at HOL Radio on Twitter. You can message us at wholeradio.net. 
forward slash contact or on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash uh, Homestyle Radio. I forgot. Anyway, before we get into the analysis, here's our regular visit to news in brief. Palace boss Dougie Freeman has left Bolton Wanderers after a poor run of results that was floundering deep in the Championship relegation zone. Bolton have won just one in ten games in the league. Wednesday's 4 0 drumming of the his final straw. Officially, the departure was the future of the Welcome back. Sorry if the level seemed a bit odd today. I'm not too sure what's been going on. But anyway, um, just before we get into the analysis, uh, Joe, you wanted to say a, a quick, quick words about the fact that obviously Nick's not with us today for a very good reason. Yeah, no, um, just like to pass our condolences on to Nick Grant and and the rest of uh, the Guillard family on the uh, on the passing of of, uh, of their dad. Um, you know, obviously we're thinking of you guys. Um, and the only thing I can say is that you know things will will get better. But uh, chin up, every everyone, and uh, best wishes and condolences from us from us here at Old Radio. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's a shame, shame that can't be with us, but there we go. Um, okay, so um, yeah, we do have to move on and, and review the match from yesterday. And obviously, it was a very disappointing two 0 defeat in the end. Um, but we'll try and have a look at the reasons for that, and just talk around the fact that obviously it ended with a very negative situation you know coming away with no points and you know it's a long journey and bad weather up there for forever all of us that went and you know but at the same time it's probably a positive to have our feet sort of put firmly back on the ground a little bit as well um if i'm not completely honest about it i just think that we've um you know it's, it's good that we don't get to get too carried away too early on because it's uh, it's a hard old season uh, but in We'll start with the lineup. You wouldn't really have expected the lineup to change, and, and of course it didn't. Um, the McJedley partnership that everyone talked about last week was uh, was there in in full force, and um, yeah, I think I don't think too many of us would have changed much. I think looking at the looking at it at the very very start of the game, I kind of felt that um, I think that the way the game game panned out, it actually showed a degree of limitation in our uh, in our options really, and. Um, but I think the Dan injury had a huge impact, and we'll talk a little bit more about that a bit about that later on. I'll start with you, Patrick. What were your thoughts on that lineup? Um, had no problem with the lineup. Obviously, we'd we'd won in our last two games, so I couldn't see Warnock were looking to change it. My only issue would have been hoping the little change on the bench. So I'd like to have seen Bannon on the bench. But besides that, I thought we came out with the lineup we really should have started out with, just you know, gone up against a, a team that we thought we could get something off of yesterday. So no worries at all. Okay, and uh, yeah, like, well, Jay, your opinion on that? Very similar to you guys, actually. I mean, it's a no-brainer. Uh, <clears throat> a decent uh, last few games and the last two performances have been been very good indeed, away at Everton and at home to Leicester. So there's no real reason to change the starting lineup. And, and the bench was strong, very positive. You know, a lot of attacking, op- attacking options on there. Um, 
uh, yeah, it gave, it gave us a lot of options, and um, I wouldn't have changed anything, and, and that's what Warnock did. Yeah, I think that's yeah. It's, it's again, we're, we're all in that same position, really. I think Joe, yourself, you, you wouldn't have called any changes, but I mean, you have repeatedly mentioned one player who hasn't been playing, and, that, and that's Wilf. Um, obviously, forget the benefit of hindsight. Could you see a case for him starting that game? Well, no. I mean, if I ain't broke, don't try and fix it. But you know, it, it did surprise me that he, he didn't get on. But I know one of the changes was 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 forced. But um, you know, but I think what we were all hoping for was that Wilf coming back would would trigger the the competition and and the fun of of what we used to have was Wilf against Yannick, really. Yeah. You know? yeah and, exactly. and then them two against terrorising left and right backs. Um, and to be honest with you, it hasn't hasn't happened, has it? No, I mean it, it's just it would be harsh. I know again you you haven't been the biggest fan of Jason Punching in the past, but I think he's been incredibly important. Yeah, that's the for truth. Us. So, so it would be I think personally it'd be incredibly harsh to talk about dropping him. But I mean, okay, you know, it's all it's a lot of it's based on form, and I think now we've gone out and we've lost a game, then might be a case for for looking at making changes. I do, you know, we'll come probably talk about it later on as well. I do think that there was had we not had the early substitution. That the game is actually crying out for Wilf to come on because both our wide men seem to have uh, quite, quite poor games in my view. But um, so let's talk about the early exchanges, guys. Uh, both uh, very, very early, and there was a chance for both sides. Um, if you go back and watch the highlights, and actually day ours was missing from it, but um, it's always the way it is, I guess. But uh, very, very early on, it was actually I've written in left in my notes, but it was actually from the right hand side. It was a deep cross to the back post, and, and Jelovic really should have put that one away for for an early lead for Hull. Um, but headed high over the bar. At the other end, Campbell had a little bit of a mazy run and, and got fouled on the edge of the area. He, he could have pulled the trigger a bit earlier on, and I think that's probably a criticism I'd label at, at most of the team. But um, th- those early exchanges, Jay, what, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I think Cole <laughs> came out and, and showed us that they were the home side and, and, and go, you know, had a go at us to start with. And um, I think their formation perhaps caused us more problems than we expected it to uh, in the fact that they're playing more, more across the midfield. Uh, and perhaps that's a lot to do with our our, our trio in midfield and, and how they've been playing recently. But yeah, Yelovich should have put that uh, that 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 chance, real, real early chance away um, quite quite soon. And I've never been a big fan of his, but um, obviously he turned out to, uh, uh, to 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 get a goal later on. But uh, that's, that's always the way. But yeah, I think they set set themselves up quite strongly, Hull actually. And um, there wasn't much just to you know to take between the two teams um, in the early exchanges. I mean, like you mentioned, Campbell had that chance, which you know hindsight is a wonderful thing. He should have perhaps had a go uh, a little bit earlier than he did on, on that one and, and might have got something from it but um, I think it was quite quite even early on to start with really Yeah there was nothing I wouldn't say that was a major concern I was going to mention it later but I'll bring it up now when we lined up um, I'm pretty much talking about from the kickoff there very very clear that um, the Hull were lining up with three at the back and as soon as you saw three centre backs against Fraser Campbell um, I had a real concern that we I just thought we're, we're going to really struggle to create anything in this game and it, and it did really pan out that way um, I, I thought that's what show, showed a little bit of naivety in that the team didn't really have, you know, the midfield didn't really push up to sort of fill in that gap or the, the wide men didn't sort of tuck in. But it's a really good system that Hull played against us, I felt, because they had the threat going forward from the wing-backs, but they were so solid in the middle. And in the end, the, the centre-backs could kind of push out and, and make an extra midfielder, which left uh, Diarme uh, causing all sorts of havoc. You were impressed with Diarme, weren't you, Patrick? Very much so. I actually pointed out in, in my pre-match kind of thoughts that I was worried about Diame and Hernandez. Lucky Hernandez didn't do anything, but Diame is an extremely strong central midfielder. Not only does he win balls, he bullies people and he can score. So 
he concerned me. But your point, Chris, is well taken about the three centre-backs. Campbell or Match didn't get enough support from anybody. He didn't get any service, so it was very difficult for him to, 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 to do anything. In addition to that, I thought Robertson and El Mohamedi were excellent getting forward. And it really pinned back Punchin and Balassi to help out Ward and beginning, obviously, Kelly. So I think the way that they played really suited them versus didn't suit us. And I think that was sort of really um, why we struggled to get into the game early on and pretty much for the whole game. Yeah, it, it was, I say, it was, for me, it was an example of a team against us playing a system to nullify us. We're so, we're so used to going out and nullifying other teams and, and picking yeah. up the pieces. It just it just felt all of a sudden we've been paid this respect. But the fact we didn't have any answer, I think it shows that you know we, we do need a more of a, a a different plan B and that's not a plan B that's throwing on strikers after 70 minutes it's it's <laughs> it's, it's looking it's right. looking at the team at the start and going okay well we've we've set up here but we've got something a little wrong we need to tweak it and to be fair to to Warnock he's done that in the past i think when we've dropped deep as as a midfield uh, the message has got out to stop doing that but i don't think that was the problem this time i think the problem was much more that we were we were very much in the game you know we we had a reasonable amount of possession certainly for us and I think you know you could see that we were almost relying on a mistake there, and a mistake nearly came. I talked to you about this actually, Joe. Uh, you'd have picked up um, there was a elbow on on Campbell from, from Dawson. We were talking about him earlier on, and Patrick was rightly pointing out that um, Campbell was uh, sort of on his own and against three centre backs and, and struggling, and that sort of struggle sort of culminated in him being quite uh, quite aggressive, um, and he sort of got some back and then some from from Dawson. <laughs> what were your views on that elbow? Uh, well, when I first saw it, I was as incensed as probably everyone else in a, uh, from a, from the Palace perspective. But then, when I looked at it with the match of the day analysis, um, I mean, you can see when Shearer turned around and went, "Oh, look! They've both gone up. They've both left with their elbows." It's just the fact that I, I think Dawson was more. When I say more committed, I think he was. Well, he was just wanted to to, to get the ball. And take him out at the same time, and that's basically what he did. Had it been the other way, had it been Jednek, would have gone, yeah, lovely, have some of that. So you know, yeah. like doing this to someone else, you know. Um, although saying that, on on the flip side of it, had one of our players done that to one of the top four teams, I'm pretty sure that the the opponent would have been laying on the floor screaming in fake agony, and one of us would have. Uh, well, you know, one of our players would have gone off. So you can see the pros and the cons about that. But to be honest, I just thought it was a decent old battle, and 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 he just was a little bit more, you know, I'm having the ball, smash, get out of the way, and he dumps him on the floor. It just looked worse than what it was, really. Patrick, I don't want to go on a rant about um, Premier League referees, but I've seen that elbow by Dawson get red carded nine out of ten times. So yeah. I'm not sure why he didn't even get a card for that. It wasn't even a foul. So, and I can understand you could tell that affected Campbell a lot of the match because you know later when he gets a yellow card and I think that really affected the way he played for the rest of the game before it came off so I don't understand the consistency of the referees it has to be a card if not a red it was a really obvious elbow for me anyway yeah um, I, I, I'm kind of torn really I, the more I looked at it the more I just thought I'd, yeah he came in quite aggressively quite powerfully in there so I'm not convinced that, that he meant to make you know a proper elbow contact you mean but... he came in as a centre back on a forward yeah, pretty much. Yeah, there but at the go. same at the same time, he's connected pretty hard there, and you know, at the very least, it's a foul, isn't it? You know, exactly. A potentially a yellow card. And he got it wasn't numbers. Alan. Lee, it wasn't Alan Lee versus. Yeah, no. versus Jed 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 Jed. Jed. No, it, it wasn't, wasn't that. Yeah. Was it? That's um, what I'm saying. Jay, your thoughts? 
Yeah, I, I think it says a lot when you when you have when you watch the highlights package on Match of the Day and, and they were saying, "Oh no, it's not a red card. It's it's perhaps arguably even a foul." And then you watch the Sky um, highlights this morning, uh, and um, Chris Kamara was saying, "You can see what Warnock was talking about, and that it could have been a red card." In nine out of ten times, like Patrick said, against the top teams, that would arguably be a red card. When you watch it again in slow, and obviously the referees don't have you know this you know second viewing, but when, when you watch it again, you can see that Campbell's uh, um, j- jumping for the header. From from a from a standing start, whereas Dawson's coming at him from from distance and he's he's got momentum he's got with the him. Jump on him he? He's got to jump on him completely, exactly. uh, and that's where it looks worse. Um, and, yeah. and and when when you've got two lots of highlights packages saying completely different things, one of them <laughs> saying yeah I could see it being a red card, and the other one saying no it's not a red card at all. I, I think that's you know it's, but, it's, but you it's the argument itself. Had it been a red card, you would have gone yeah it's a red card. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's one of them, isn't it? It yeah, wasn't that it, it wasn't is. that blatantly obvious no. that it was definitely a red card, and the referee just sort of. The other thing as well, I'm hoping that this blatter thing comes in. You know what they're saying that that they are gonna gonna review certain things during the game. Mm. So it, you know, that, yeah, that, that could all, be a good pacing pacing point, wouldn't it? That would have. Yeah, it would. It's again. It, you always wonder how exactly you're going to go back to something like that. I suppose with something like that, you can you can have a look on the sidelines and potentially just punish with the red card. But the actual offence on the pitch, you have to kind of ignore. But it'd be interesting the time that something like that happens, where I don't know. Let's say someone's through on goal, um, you know, and it's a goal scoring opportunity, and the, the ref doesn't give it. And then they do a review on the sidelines as the, the game's gone on, and all of a sudden they say, "Yeah, we we should have given that, given the red card." And but there's there's no goal, there's no penalty, there's no advantage. It, uh, you know what I mean? It's someone could go up the other end and score. It, it's hard to hard to manage. I can see why they haven't done it yet, but let's uh, let's not get into goal. Uh, to get to get into technology, we've got a match review. Um, could be on that forever. Obviously, the, the very very early on, the, the huge blow. And we'll have, focus on this a little bit now it was Scott Dan going off um, it was such an innocuous thing as well from from the stand it, you know it looked like he'd flung himself in front of it and collided with someone maybe or something like that but having seen it back it's just the ball it's, you know it's just the shot from Adelson hits him pretty much square on the knee and bends the leg back and uh, you know he didn't get up at all straight from that he knew straight away signaled to the bench and um, we're told it's uh, they think strained knee ligaments because it opened out the knee but we're not Obviously, not sure he needs a scan. Um, Neil Ligaments, you think, it's probably going to be a month or so. So, um, bad bad times for, for Scott Dan, really. Um, how how important is he, Joe, Scott Dan, to us? Well, yeah, I mean, he's he's proved his worth, hasn't he? I mean, I, I don't know. You're always going to have... This is why we need the strength in depth, don't we? Yeah. You know, you're always going to get injuries. He said, I feel I feel really sorry for him. He's not put, put a foot wrong, you know, not, not done a lot of stuff wrong. Yeah, um, of, and we're, we're going to miss him massively. Miss him. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of, fan, lot of Palace fans talking about him potentially in, in England terms. You, you, you know, we haven't got a particular strength at, at national level at centre back. You think, and um, yeah, it's just such a shame that it's happened now when he's in, in great form. And it, yeah, like he's, he's been so so important to us. Jay, you, you sort of thought, well, obviously it, it, we took a while to settle after that. Mariapa came on, went to went to right back, and Kelly would come into the middle, which a lot of people were talking about as a replacement for for uh, Delaney at one stage which I'm quite happy they didn't because Damo's been fantastic since um, you know since the start of the season but but Kelly looked alright at centre back didn't he Jay yeah yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry yeah 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 no, <laughs> you're right <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I mean, um, Kelly signing, and I've spoken to a few Liverpool fans um, who, who said to me is just as comfortable in the centre as he is, um, you know, playing as, as a fullback. So, and I think he proved a bit uh, yesterday. But um, Scott Dan, I mean, what, what can you say about him since he's joined the club? He, he, he's just fitted in straight away as if he's been at a club for years. Um, and I think one of the best things that he's done is he's a calming influence next to Delaney. Oh, seeing Delaney play next to uh, Hangland for, for one game he did earlier in the season, uh, they, they just look terrible together. Um, and, and Dan, I think, is a calming influence across the back line um, you know, for us, and he's made such an impression. I, I'd, I'd go as far as say he's one of the best centre-backs that we've seen at Sellers Park in God knows how long. He, he really is. And I, I think I'd go back as far as saying Craig Moore was one of the ones I, I favoured before before that in, in his short spell at Sellers. But I think Scott Danny is up there with him for, for me. And he'd be, he'd be missed big time. And it'd be interesting to see how long he's going to be out for. It's, I, I guess we've got um, a bit in our favour because the international break coming up and there's a, a good two weeks uh, recovery period there to start with. So I guess we'll find out early in the week how, um, you know, how, how bad it is or, or how not so bad it is. Similar views, Patrick? Uh, yeah, Jay makes some great points, but I um, just want to point out one thing. I could argue that he's our most valuable player next to Spironi, and we're going to really, really miss him. Um, as Jay was saying, he's made Delaney a much, much better player. And someone pointed out yesterday, I read it on Twitter, that um, when he went off against Arsenal, Arsenal scored. He obviously didn't play against West Ham because West Ham beat us. And then yesterday, he went off and they scored two goals. So he's extremely um, valuable so he's to us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every time he goes out, we, we give up goals. So, um, yeah, we're going to miss him a lot. Um, my only thing is, I, uh, Jay, just, I think Kelly can do a job in the middle. My only concern is getting that um, communication with Delaney, making sure that's okay. And obviously that now opens up a spot at left back, which we'll talk about later on, where maybe Fryer is coming in. So, but I'm really concerned that he's not going to be out for a long time. I think it's a, it's a huge miss. I think I'll be getting the biggest miss we could possibly have on the team. You'd think Fryer's would come in at left back, considering I think he is the only left back we've got. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. but we... we... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Chris. No, I was going to say we we it's a it's a constant point of discussion, really, isn't it? Yep. I, I thought actually again, I've probably got it in the notes later on, so we'll just have to skip it later. But I I genuinely thought yesterday watching I watched Ward quite intently at one stage because I just kept noticing that he was getting caught in possession a bit, mm. yeah. And he was he was he was playing so much right sided yesterday, and Hull noticed. Obviously, Hull had done their homework, and they were showing him down the line the whole time. He couldn't come back in on that right foot and, and move the ball around. He was constantly being shown down the left. And, you know, every now and then he'd run, but he, he's just not comfortable um, yep. on that left foot. We've seen him put a decent crossing on it with his left. But when it's, you know, that's once in a while. It's not a, it's not a natural position. It's not a natural thing for him to do to, to be on that left foot. So I think it's going to start to cost us if more teams do that. And it certainly was a, was a factor against Hull. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Obviously, the... As I mentioned, the, the worry is that a li- any ligament sort of problem tends to be, um, you know, multiple weeks coming going into months kind of thing, rather than than any kind of quick fix. So, um, if it's just a little twisted knee, he might be back after the international break. But I think we're certainly going to have to look. But you know, anything it's an opportunity for someone else, isn't it? So, yeah, they say it was medial ligaments and not as bad as what Murray did. He doesn't doesn't need an operation, does he? Just no, no, he, he'd be very unlucky if he snapped his ligaments blocking a ball, wouldn't he? But because um, his his foot was in, you know, he wasn't planted on the ground. His mm. his leg was in the air. It's just completely opened out the knee. You know, hot and cold, hot and ball. cold, mate. That's what he needs. So, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank, thanks, physio gel. Right. Um, Can have that one for free. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. So, still looking at that at the, at the first half, really. Um, 
the game did open out a fair bit. I mean, it was the early exchanges were a bit frantic, but then it kind of settled down into a rhythm. Hull had a lot of possession, but he was in their own third. Um, I thought that they were quite ponderous. They're quite slow. They moved the ball about, you know, slowly across the back, uh, just looking for an opportunity. I think when we had the ball, it just felt a bit more meaningful and a bit more incisive. We were a bit more. Um, creative of what we were trying to do but we had to be because we had so few up options up top the midfield sort of worked pretty well but every time we push forward um, Hull used those moments to try and spring an attack and that's very much like us and they did have a few nearly moments there's a few heart and mouth moments where they drilled the ball wide a couple of times and Hernandez you mentioned a little bit earlier on Patrick um, had an opportunity and sort of dragged it wide I wasn't too impressed with him I'm um, um, sorry, I just I was swallowing. I wasn't reporting. Yeah, but you can, you, you can you can go in anyway. <laughs> no, I mean I watched him the match before. He he. I mean I saw him in the World Cup. He's a very good player. I mean, like you said, yesterday was not his best game. Um, unfortunately, Jelovic stepped up for him, but he's a very good player. And I thought, like I said before the match, he'd be a very dangerous, especially going up against someone like Delaney, who, you know, sometimes you know we all know that can can kind of get pulled out of position sometimes. Um, but um, again, thankfully he didn't. It didn't cost us, but unfortunately, it was the Jelovic that cost us, you know, later in the game. But um, he's a good striker. He, he, I don't know if he's worth all that money they paid for him, but I think he's a very good player. Okay. Um, hmm. So, I mean, I was. This is the point where I was going to talk about Hull's tactics and um, and the sort of three centre backs kind of issue. Um, we t we talked about that again. What What would you like to have seen, Jay? Uh, just sort of put you on the spot a little bit. What do you think we could have done differently to counter the fact that, that Campbell found himself so isolated? I think the biggest problem with the way we play is the fact that we rely heavily on our on our wide players such as Punchin and Balassi. I think yesterday they didn't particularly play that well. Um, Balassi wasn't for the one to try, and I mean he he worked as hard as he as he normally does, but nothing was really coming off. Punchin was his kind uh, kind of disappearing self in a way. It, I think he was um, struggling with having to help out the fullback more than he was um, pushing forward. And I think when we've got players like that out wide who who can't get into a game that isolates the front player such as Campbell um, uh, and that's how our formation formation is at the moment and while we have options on the bench I think um, some, one of you mentioned earlier that you know, having to lose Dan so early in the game forced our hand into making a change and that leaves us two more uh, you know, changes for the, for the rest of the 80 minutes or whatever that was so um, I think for us I think um, Campbell was you know, doing his usual lone fire up front, and I, I wonder whether uh, you know, in hindsight, starting somebody like Shamak up front, who's who's a bit of a larger, larger character, put himself about a little bit more than Campbell, and perhaps wouldn't take the uh, you know, take some of the niggly fouls and stuff off those three centre backs a little bit more. Um, I, I, it's difficult to compensate for players that are having a poor game. I mean, you could, you could argue this. I say, I think I named three straight off. Um, Ledley didn't have a particularly good game. Balassi and Punchin, you got three players there, which um, you know it's difficult to cover those three players when 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 they are you know not on top form. And I, I think that's the way our formation is that when you have uh, more than one player not having a decent game, um, then 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 we are going to struggle. But I think having somebody a bit stronger up top might have helped us. Yeah, uh, Joe, you want to make a point on on wingers there? I just getting. Sometimes I think you have to go back to the basics. Now you got. Balassi's right-footed and Punchin's left-footed. But Balassi plays on the left and Punchin plays on the right. And I just think that what they need to do, instead of keeping an attack going and then going down the wing and then trying to beat the man and then cross with the natural foot that they would cross with, they're having to check. And then I can, underst I can half understand that the reason why is that, is that that cross 
sometimes can, if it's missed by one, can sometimes become a shot. But sometimes I think it's just better, best to get back to basics and, and you know and have punching going down the left side so that he can use his left foot to whip crosses in. I, I, maybe it's just me. I, I, you know, I'm a very simple person. I like to think that sometimes you do things simply. You know, trying to complicate things not always is, is the best option. Um, yeah. I just would like to see that. You know, and it's not for the like of like, it doesn't happen because, like we said, we do swap. You know, they do swap. Yeah. You know, they do tend to, to tend to to sit on on the opposite wings for for longer than what I think they should. You know, I'd have them changing every. Every ten minutes, yeah, but it doesn't seem to happen unless something drastic happens, or, or you know, someone gets hoofed up in the air, or I, I, maybe it's just me. I don't know. It, no, it happened once, I think, yesterday with Ayers and Nairs and Balassi um, permanently swapped, but then uh, as to the other wing. But then it seemed to be that Punchin was central at that point, and it was when we'd started to throw players on, so it was all a bit confusing. But you're right; they, you know, probably, perhaps it's. it's really knew what to do did they but well no um, but they're but they're, but in, in that case but they're both right footed but what i'm saying is we've you know punching he's he's supposed to be a winger he's left footed plays on the right and and yannick's right footed plays on the left so yeah. maybe maybe we just need to like i say go back to basics and and provide crosses for the forward if we just keep providing if, chances if we'll score yeah if we've got if we've got, we Fraser, got Fraser Campbell up there exactly we've got Fraser Campbell up against three centre backs it's, it's only it's no, not really a huge point in putting in crosses well, so, in but, so, but we need to check then we need to change yeah, yeah. Front. no I agree if, well that's that would be the system wouldn't it you, if you start to start well, to go on the so. outside and bring crosses in you'd start to look at bringing more people in but then you know up until recently it's all been working pretty well Patrick you want to make a point on on Schmack there yeah, I like. I really like when he came on about sixty-five minutes. I like what he did. He he holds the ball up so well. He brought players into play. The only issue I had with him was that when he got the ball, when he turned, there was nobody ahead of him, and he doesn't like to shoot the ball from distance. So he really did a great job. He was much more involved than Campbell was um, because of the way that he plays. But my only thing with Shemak when he comes in, we're going to have to uh, rejig the formation again and put somebody ahead of him because when he gets the ball, a lot of times he would turn. There's no one ahead of him. He holds the ball up really well. And um, unless we have someone ahead of him and he doesn't want to shoot the ball, we're going to have a problem, you know, ha- having another forward. So that's my only concern about Shemak. I love the way he played yesterday as far as uh, controlling the ball and turning, but he won't shoot from distance. So we just but, need to but, find a way to... Imp- go ahead, go ahead, Joe. But, but Gale would be the perfect would be the perfect foil for him, wouldn't he? Playing on his shoulder to hold up, flick on, and he's through. It, well, this it, is the only it, thing. I haven't seen Shemak and Gale... Together enough to see that would work. I mean, last but, but, but year, they were, work well. Well, when I did see them last year, they were playing right. too far apart. They were playing 30, 40, you know, 30 yards exactly. apart. And he's been right. playing five or ten, two players, you know, so, so it encourages them. Them three centre backs then have to come in and, and literally shut together, which, would, which then should create space for Yannick and, 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 um, and Punchin. But this is the thing. If you or Jace, you, as Alex says. But then you lose McJedley when you bring in both Gale and Shamak. We can't lose McJedley. But, but what I'm, yeah, but what I'm saying is, it, some, sometimes, sometimes you have to, you know, you, you have to negate what they're trying to do. If we just carry on, do it for seventy minutes, it's you know, what, what's the point? Listen, the other thing as well, if you've got people like uh, uh, like Campbell up against three big centre backs, and they are lumps as well, and Dawson is is Mr. Average. He's, I'm going to say he's not Mr. Average. He's a good centre back, but he's fully committed, and he just mistimed that. 
He would have smashed Campbell out of the game. In fact, mm. he probably did, because all Campbell did, all I saw, was Campbell moaning every time about being pulled and poked and kicked Absolutely up in the right. air and half-elbowed. And they, they sussed him straight out. They and did. The, and that's the thing. All you need to do is hit him hard. That's the, You know what it's like. You hit the forward as hard as you can. If you escape the yellow card, you've done him. And then for the rest of the game, he's going to be out of it. And that's exactly what happened yesterday. Yeah, Warnock even said in post-match there, that's, that's why he brought Campbell off first. Yep. And the, that he had to he had to get him off the pitch because he was gonna you know he's on a yellow and he was gonna and the ref was starting to get annoyed with him, um, and you know he was he was angry himself. There was the, when he actually got the yellow, it was it, it wasn't I think it was on date, uh, Curtis Davis, but it was just out of frustration. The ball had gone and he just kicked his legs away from underneath him, and I, you know, just just a petulant foul. And um, yeah, but there you go. That that's what happens sometimes. The, the team the team do their homework on you. You know, you've got to. Like I said that. I said the frustration is more that we weren't able to respond to that, and we weren't able to change what we were doing, um, because you can understand us not changing anything from the start because it had been going well for us. But what you've got to be able to do is, is respond to what happens. Um, so, I mean, and we talk about set pieces a little bit as well. We had we had a lot of corners uh, during the game. We had an awful, you know, fair few free kicks. We looked dangerous at times. In fact, right at the very very end of the match, when the game was already gone, uh, I think Jednak got to the to a near post header that was cleared off the line by Rosinha. But I think that was that other than that, we didn't really seem to threaten in, in like we have recently. Um, they they just filled the area with with bodies and made it really really difficult to us Patrick you sort of made a few points about our uh, our free kicks pre-show yeah a couple of things one um, we really need a dead ball specialist from 25 yards and in for shots that would be obviously Gale or Bannon because you could Bannon. tell uh, uh, either one or Gale Look, remember Gale's free kick against Fulham yeah. last year so yeah. the point is is that that, sh- that shot that we had with Jedi uh, with the phrase the Campbell free kick uh, foul and knife we, we had to get that I mean it was a good attempt we, you, if you score that goal it's a different game so it's nice to have someone in there that can actually take a free kick and you know has a great chance of scoring. And the second thing, just yesterday in general, I thought that the corner kicks were really, really poor. I don't know why. I love Yannick. I don't know why he takes corner kicks because sometimes he just puts them in the wrong place. Punches should be on every corner kick because delivery is much better. But I understand that you don't, you don't want to change it up a little bit. But I just thought that we took a, we lost the opportunity to um, to score. And I just think maybe Hull City sussed us out maybe because they really went to school on what we did last week. I mean, imagine they actually... Uh, broke down our corner kicks last week, which didn't help us very much. How we, you know, how we crowd certain players in certain areas and stuff like that. So that didn't really help us. But I think we should. You, we should we've got to capitalise better on our set play chances because that's a big opportunity for us to score goals. Okay, um, Jay, you had a few views on, on on just in general, really, when we were talking about the, the set pieces. Um, you know about how the the highlights came across. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think if, if you're solely watching something like the Match of the Day highlights yesterday, I don't think they showed us having a, a, an effort on goal in, in the whole first half. Um, and it's a lot, of, a lot of fans moan about it on, on Twitter and stuff like that. But I think at the end of the day, you can. there's so many different ways of watching a game of football and the highlights. You can watch an hour's highlights on Sky of the game and, and, and see a lot more of, of the action or obviously be at the game yourself. So you can make your own judgment calls on on, on you know what happens in a game rather than you know listening to, to what, what the so-called pundits have to say. But I think yeah. from, from, a, from a set-piece perspective, I think we've done so well against Leicester with those set-pieces. Punching was putting, putting a lovely ball in from the corner 
corners and free kicks. Um, you know, and, and, and they, that led to us being uh, being tuning up against Leicester and and being called the new Wimbledon or, or whatever they call us on on, yeah. on TV. But um, but but yesterday it's slightly different in that where you know whether it's just you know it's clearly just an off day for us and you know why you want to combat or, or, or try and get into it into a game. I, I mean, I think we won nil down and we reacted quite positively because we you know we we went out to go at them for for a while and obviously you know I'd, I'd rather us go you know uh, go down and lose two nil you know going for a, for an equaliser rather. And losing one nil and just sitting back and defending it's you know it's a no-brainer really yeah definitely and like i say it was it was a shame that we ended up conceding the way we did early in the second half we did look look pretty decent and um but kind we we came out and there was just a the energy that we kind of had in that first half particularly through midfield was a little bit lacking and i, I don't know what the message was at half time but i suppose sometimes when you go in and things are kind of okay you know then they're, they're not great but they're not terrible it, sometimes it's hard to sort of pinpoint what anything was going wrong and you kind of would forgive Neil Warnock maybe saying maybe saying well keep doing the things many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're doing because we'll just get a chance. and But if, if we don't get a chance, they're not really threatening. So, you know, we'll, we'll have a draw here. You can, in it, But it just came across like that, that they came, the players came out and weren't really sort of pushing themselves to, uh, to, to get ahead, which we should have done, really, because we kind of handed the initiative back to them. Um, I, I felt like when you well from from the stands really I think it looked very fortunate the ball ended wide with with Robertson and having seen it back on the highlights um, it was it was a deflected shot that found its way out to him um, and you looked and you looked at the in the middle there and there were quite a few players out of position I know Joe picked up on uh, Adrian Mariapa being between the centre backs not being but you know but not marking anyone but really it should have been him out there trying to stop the cross in. Um, you know, Robertson looks a great find for them at left back, and someone I was kind of hoping that we'd look, we'd look at pre-season. But uh, anyway, so the you know the ball came in, and there's a lot of things wrong with that goal, and a lot of people who weren't quite set up for it right. Uh, Yednak was with Diarmay, but didn't follow him back. Um, it was quite a big gap between sort of Kelly and and Delaney, and it was just a big gap for Diarmay to run into, and it was a perfect cross straight on the on the guy's head. So there's a lot wrong really with with that. You know, with that goal in, it, in a lot of ways. So I'll let you start on this one, Jane. What what do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're right. You, you made a few good points in that um, the 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 ball with the, the cross in the in into the box was was a great cross pinpoint straight onto the army's head. But I think when you see where the army came from, you mentioned Jed and I was was with him at one stage and and didn't follow him all the way through. And then the ball ends up right between I think Mariapa and Delaney, and there's a big gap between the two. You ha- you have to ask yourself, would that would that goal have happened? Well, when Dan was on the pitch and, and organising yeah. the back line, would he have been there? 
he's obviously taller than Mariapa. Would it have got over him? I think it only just got over Mariapa's head. But I think I'd argue the gap between the two defenders was probably too large at that point. Um, whether they're picking up their own men, I think it looked like Mariapa was kind of in no man's land a little bit. But you, you get drawn to the ball in these situations, and I think when you look at it again a few times, it, it's perhaps a poor goal to concede. But you know the the, the cross is right onto the the striker's head, so um, yeah, you, you got to give him a bit of credit for that at least. But um, I think it's something we could have defended a lot better on. Yeah, we certainly had the, the, the bodies in there that you'd have, you'd have thought. It's not like Hull overloaded the box with players. Joe, you were pretty cross with Marietta's part in that. Well, no. When he when he edited it, I mean, it was the perfect cross, as Jay said. It was, mm. you know, pinpoint at, at pace. But Marietta and and um, uh, Delaney, like five. I don't know why Marietta was was staying at centre back. Like you said, he should have been shutting the cross down. Um, but the gap in between Mariapa and Delaney was massive, absolutely massive. And to be honest with you, like you say, it was a deflected shot. He had to set himself for the cross. So we had the, the vital few seconds to get organised. Um, you know, and he's in five yards of space, complete free header. And, and, and by the way, the people on Twitter that were rucking about Jules should have got that. Just, just... ちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっ
curtail what we were able to do. Um, I totally understand the two subs that he made after he brought on uh, Mariapa, bringing on Shemak and Gale, you know, more attackers. But like like George just said, it would, it would be nice to have Zaha on. Uh, as we all noticed, the, the wide men just couldn't get into the game and we needed something a little different, um, whether it was him going through the middle like it did late against Newcastle or early on when he came in against Newcastle or going wide. We just didn't have an, any cutting edge on the outside. And, and it's, been, it's been proven when those two don't play well, we don't play well. Um, yeah, it's and I'm actually watching highlights now, and I know just noticed Balassi had that great shot on the seventy-third minute. That was a great save by the whole goalie. If that goes in, it's one-one. It's a different game. So he did have a moment yesterday where if that ball goes in, it's a different game for us at one-one. So because yeah. I don't really count the last goal because you know we're, we're trying to push for the for, no. for the time goals. No, not um, so. Well, yeah, on, on that Balassi chance, I just want to make a point. I was I was sort of almost right behind the angle of that when he hit it from, oh, from okay. the sort of corner. Sure and as soon as he hit it, oh yeah, it was just I thought, oh, that's going in. I was up on, almost up on my feet. Well, I was already up on my feet. Um, don't know how how I get it further up on my feet from that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes a, a cliche doesn't really work. But anyway, um, <clears throat> I just yeah, as soon as he hit it, I just thought he, you know, because he's got his. He's got his goal against Everton and he's been exactly. absolute top form. And I was just waiting for him to get into the game. It's not like he didn't he beat a player every now and then, but it's just... Wasn't consistent. Had, no, and he had one of those games where, and he's been accused of this in the past, and I think it'll probably happen again in the future, because he is, we forget, you know, he's not, he's 25, I think, but in terms of top-level football, he's, he's very much still learning, and he's learning quick. But what, he'd, um, what he did too often, really, was try to play... You know, try to take on the extra player, and it was something we used to criticise Will for as well. You know, beating a player more than once, kind of thing. And you just every now and then you're just crying out for for Yannick to get his head up and maybe, you know, drill the ball to the edge of the box where there's occasionally a couple of midfielders waiting for a, for a ball in. But you know, he it's almost tried to beat too many people and get a shot on himself. So almost a little bit more selfish. But then potentially he's been asked to do that by the manager. So you don't really know, do you? But yeah, it's a little bit disappointing. And you want to talk about MacArthur, Joe? Yeah, um, anyone see his face when he when his number come up? Mm. You know, he, I don't yeah. think he was happy. I, I, and again, I, I have, and you know that when he plays well, and I do praise him, but when he doesn't, I, I do like to give him an hard time. But I just can't believe that Punchin was allowed to stay on the pitch. I just thought he had, you know, and, and it, the consensus of people that I've spoken to, you know, I spoke to Tony Johnson today, um, who was there, I spoke to a couple of people that were there, and they said that you know that he shouldn't have come off; that he should have been punching. You know that that's the thing we, we give. I think we we're waiting for his moments of brilliance, mm. and I know that he does. You know, one, two a game. I um, think he, 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 he got to have. Sometimes you have to just go. Do you know what? Stay on his day. Game off. Um, I think you could have done that with with a couple of people, though. You know that that's the problem, really. Yeah, but, he, yeah, but he could say that people were saying he could have done that with really could have done that with um, with Balassi as well. Yeah, definitely. You know that, that's the thing. We, but we, like and Patrick said earlier, you know when, when we've been beaten and we've not been beaten massively yet, been really hammered. We have not just had one player off his game. We've had like two, three, four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yesterday, there were probably three players that were off their game. And we can't yeah. do that. And I, 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 it's sort of annoying that, yeah. you know, if it happens once or twice a season, where you have that, but it's happened It's happened I, twice in four games. I think the trouble we, we have is that it, it's so much a, a team, it's so much a system that when one when one goes, one thing breaks down, quite often there is a natural effect on, on others. And like I say, there's a, lot, there's a lot of reasons for it. I think, Patrick, you want to jump in first and then we'll, then we'll have a uh, word with Jay. 
more on yeah, very quickly. Um, I love um, Warnock's pre and post match press conferences. He always says something that makes me laugh. So he had made a comment last week about MacArthur not being in shape. So my question to you was: He being sarcastic, or is that true? Mm. Do you think? And that's why he took him out because I think it might, that might be the reason why he took him out of the game yesterday, Joe, because he was maybe feels like he's not you know 100 ready to go in 90 minutes. So I, 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 cool. Go just very quickly. He's our best passer, mate. No, this, a, no, I don't disagree by, at by all. By a mile. He all. could be another Brolin. He could be a football wearing a Palace shirt, mate. That's if fat, he could pass better than anyone else. Brolin was fat. standing on that pitch. Yeah, <laughs> what I'm saying is, uh, what I'm saying no, is, Brolin, being a, he was still a fantastic passer of the ball. No, he was. MacArthur is our best passer. He is the only player in our team that when he passes a ball, he passes it to the player and you know it's going to get there. Very rarely do his passes get intercepted and you can't say that about anybody at all. And that's what we were hoping for, is that I his agree. passing yeah. would rub off on Jedinek, that when he hits a ball... He's not hitting it. To, he's not hitting it to the player with with the intent on passing. He's hitting it to the player with the intent on hitting the player and the player having to control it. There's a difference between waiting for the ball coming to you and having to control it, where it's been pinged at you instead of passed at you. And MacArthur's the only one that pings the ball. You watch him, and he can ping it inside, outside, and flat pass it. He is a brilliant passer of the ball. Yeah. No, I, I was really surprised to see MacArthur go off. In all honesty, I was looking around. So the pitch. I, I actually thought. Um, I actually thought. I thought he had to take one of the midfield players off because I didn't think he. I think because we were going for the game, even though you know Balassi and Punch have both been having difficult matches. I felt that if you're going for the game, you've got to leave players on who can hit the back of the net or can put, you know, do that little bit of magic. And I think tactical, tactic wise, we had to we had to bring a midfielder off. But I expected it to be Ledley because I thought MacArthur was superb once more. Uh, Jay, sorry, uh, go back to yourself. No, no, just stole my thunder a bit. No, Ledley, I'd have said, well, I suppose in hindsight, looking at, uh, you know, the Ledley uh, gave up possession to, to you know, yeah. that led to the second goal. You could have said, that, <laughs> oh, well, I wish I'd taken Ledley off now. But back on MacArthur, I think he's a fantastic player. I mean, since he's joined us, we've made two real shrewd signings this year, um, not just, not just you know, before this season, but Dan, Scott Dan in January and yep. um, James MacArthur this summer. Yep. Um, both of those two have been real, real shrewd signings. And while we've paid more money, for MacArthur you're looking at these top four teams in this country in the Premier League pay four or five times more than that for a player of no better ability than MacArthur to do, to do the same job he's come in I watched him the whole 90 minutes against Leicester last week he ran up and down the pitch the whole game he looked absolutely shattered at the end of it but he's still you know Injury time, he, he clattered one of the full-backs. He, he made up the, the space to get over to the far side from the halfway and, and and close the ball down. That, that for me, I, I just love a player like that. And, and like Joe said, he's got a pass on him. He, you know, he's, he's a much better passer on the ball than um, than, than Jednak. And, and also, he can hit a ball outside the area. I think he had a couple of opportunities against Leicester where the ball fell to him just outside the box. And one of those is going to go in sooner rather than later. Yesterday, I think I disappointed to see him go off. I think... I think um, one of the midfielders had to go to, um, you know, to allow us to push on. But I, I would have expected it to have been Ledley, to, to be to be honest, or or even like Chelsea punching because they, mm. they were both having poor games. But up until, up until up until that interception with Ledley, he's not put a foot wrong. He's yeah. not put a foot wrong since he played this. He's made one mistake, mm. and I I think that's re- you know we shouldn't be castigated. We lo- no. not at all, not at all. You know, no, that's uh, not that's not why I would have said. That's not why I would have made the change. I know we're not caning him. I know that, and I'm just saying. But to absolutely blame him, you know, it was his fault. Then fair enough. But but to for, to to throw a load of abuse at him, you know, yeah. it's just a pass that was intercepted. Um, and you have got to think that that, that Jelovic done fantastically well to score from there. 
Yes, but it's gonna. It was gonna happen because we were gonna get caught. If yeah, you know, well, it's gonna go one way or another, wasn't it? We, you know, we're either gonna get a goal or get caught, really. But um, right, right. no, I think I think you know the re- the reason I was saying take Ledley off was purely that the type of player that he is. I felt MacArthur was more likely to pick out someone like you say. His passing is brilliant. Um, nothing wrong with Ledley's passing as such, but he's more of an industrious kind of midfielder. Um, he might have been more slightly more likely than MacArthur to have grabbed a goal, you know, from midfield maybe, but. Um, yeah, I just think um, I think you know, if, if anything, really, you you you've got to look at, at the way MacArthur was playing, and I just don't think there was any real logic to taking him off and and not Ledley if you wanted to make a change in the midfield. But there we go. It, it's such a minor thing to be talking about. It's not the reason we we lost the game. The reason we lost the game is that Hull did a number on us and and you know were better than us on the day. Unfortunately, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean. Like I say, th- their system it, it denied us the space that we needed. Really, um, if you think as well about the the, wing, the beauty of the wing back system, which I know you love, Joe, um, was that against us it, it not only occupied our wide players defensively quite often, um, but when they were going forward, they had they had a centre back coming across, and that that wing back on them as well, and quite often a midfield player. So there was two or three on on our on our danger men. So it's the, it was the perfect system to counter us and. Um, Obviously, ended the game very, very disappointed. Um, you know, it's important for us to get that little jog back to reality. I feel. I think Hull, when you look at the quality in their squad, they, they, you know, they've underperformed up till now, really. Um, and we were more than a match for them for most of, it, most of the game, and it, and it was an off day for us. So, um, it does point out to me that we've got to have a different system. So, whoever that lone striker is should not be playing up against three centre backs, or you are really relying on that uh, the mistake to win the game. Um, that, that's pretty much how I would sum that one up. Um, in terms of individual performances, um, let's have a little chat about that. I think you, you've picked out who you thought was uh, was best, Patrick. Oh, you've got uh, a question. Oh, go on. No, I'll no, move on. Um, um, it's funny because somebody mentioned before uh, that we when a lot of players didn't play well yesterday. It was hard to pick out a, a player that stood out yesterday. I would I would, I would probably say Jednak played the best. Um, you guys make a great point. Um, he's come on a lot since Ledley and MacArthur joined the midfield. He's learning how to pass the ball better, which we all know is the thing that drives us all crazy. And um, he, I think yesterday, of all the performances, he probably played the best yesterday because, again, we were very, very much off yesterday from front to front to back. If I didn't have him, I'd probably pick Shemak because I wasn't on the field long enough really to be man of the match. So I'd probably say Jednak. Um, you did mention that uh, Fraser Campbell's been getting a lot of stick. We've talked about this a bit, but um, yes. you called him the new KG. Do you want to expand a little bit on that? Yeah, I called him the, he's the, he's the new escape goat. Um, oh, yeah. used to say. Um, <laughs> the issue is, I don't, I mean, again, um, I'm, I'm like Jay. I, I, I get to watch the games on TV, but I, get, I don't get to be there. But so I'm on Twitter a lot, and I just find a lot of people are using him. As, if he doesn't score every game, he's a terrible player. It just really bothers me. I think he's done a really great job. If you watch how we play, like you made a great point, Chris, he's up against sometimes one and two centre-backs. It's impossible to do anything except work hard and hope for a chance. And um, he takes chances. I mean, I love Cameron Jerome last year. He's taken. He's already scored two goals in, in, in less games than it took Cameron to score two in the whole season last year. So it really bothered me that people, every time um, he doesn't do well, it's get Shemak on. Why don't we start Gale? Why is Frederick Campbell playing, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. It's just really bothered me because that's what we used KG for all those years. Is KG wasn't any good, and I thought KG was brilliant in the role that he had to play, making Jedi a better player. So it just bothered me that he takes so much stick, and I think it's very unwarranted. Not from fans per se, but more people on Twitter who, to me, sometimes aren't really fans anyway. So 
yeah, there's a lot of a strange sort of aggression towards certain players. Again, there's this. I wouldn't say it's that much different, at, at the, you know, in and around the ground. There's a few people oh, okay. don't gamble, um, but I don't know what they're really expecting. I, I'm not too sure whether they, you know, whether it's a difficult role, isn't it? And I think there's times where you you look at Fraser Campbell and he's not running around like a lunatic and we've got this thing at Palace and I, I blame AJ for it because because <laughs> um, he was just so so, so good so he wasn't smooth, just a exactly. brilliant striker but he would just never he'd never stop running he, li- he literally ran for 90 continuous minutes yeah. probably still running around in circles in the rest of the half time <laughs> just never stop never stop and we kind of have this attitude that we've got that every striker we have has got exactly. to do that and, and so you just they just don't do it. Um, so maybe maybe you can argue Campbell's got to close down a bit space a bit better at times. But I think he's a genuine goal threat if he gets a chance. And we've got to work a bit harder in getting more chances to him. Um, but at the same time, at the same time you've got Marouane Schmack there. He's a very different type of player. But um, but if we're going to play him up top, um, again we've still got to change the system and get him support. But we've got to get people running in behind him, which is going to be a real challenge. Uh, with the players we've got, and I think that's got to go to the wide men. But anyway, um, back on on actual individual performances. What do you think, Jay? Yeah, I can't say a lot different to uh, to Patrick. Actually, I think um, Yednak's had a great last three games, and, and this one included. I think he had a a pretty poor game. I think it was Burnley was was the game that he he, he really struggled in. Um, that's the one. Yeah, and but since yeah. since that game, I mean, it, he would admit himself that he that he he was a I say appalling. But I think he set his own benchmark in terms of similar to what I just said about Ledley. I wasn't castigating Ledley for having a bad game. It's just more the fact that he's been on such a level, and and that was below his normal level that he plays. Same for Yednak. He had such a poor game against Burnley. Um, we didn't lose that game at home. We 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 got the draw. But um, since then, he's come back, and you know those three games, he's been you know he's he's led from the front grabbed a couple of goals and 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 really played played well and 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 as well as we would expect him to in the middle to to pretty much run that uh, run that midfield but a lot has to be said with the players around him in there I mean MacArthur has really helped him out an awful lot and obviously Ledley as well who obviously didn't play that well yesterday but you know he he's also helped um taken a share of uh, you know share share of that in midfield but I, I do wonder going back to the Campbell situation that um he scored a couple of goals and I wonder if the, the number 10 role coming back into the team whether Warnock's going to bring that back or not bringing Shem- Shamat back in that number ten role is going to help him a bit more and give him a bit more support um, support up front to tap to help him out. But I think uh, in saying that, the two ga- two games he scored, he's uh, he, he scored as the lone striker. So it's yeah. yeah, it's an odd one. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned the the number ten role. I don't really it, it kind of the, the the midfield three we've got now, the McJedley, um has kind of almost banished that as a, as a mm. concept but it works, mm. it's been working so so well for us and mm. obviously Marouane Schmack made that role his own and was superb at it and not only was he superb at bringing other people into play you know he was getting getting shots on target and scoring goals last year mm. and, and the start of this season he scored a very good goal against West Ham just you know just sort of arriving a little bit late onto a to a bouncing delivery and mm. you know volleying in the bottom corner so that that's a genuine threat we've got there as well and I want to see that come back, and I don't know really how we're going to do that. Um, maybe, what, sorry, maybe when the internet goes to the Asia Cup, perhaps we might see it a bit more. Well, there you go, exactly. And um, it seems odd to be, we're going to miss him. I think we're going to miss an awful mm. lot of things that he does. But um, it will force us into something a little bit different. And mm. be interesting if he comes back and uh, he can't get back in the side because of it. But um, <laughs> I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if that's the case. And then he'd probably end up at centre back or something. But. Anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, so it's a lot to think about, really. I mean, 
honourable mention for, for Kelly and Delaney, who both I thought were very good, but I'd have to say uh, probably Ednak was um, was probably our best player on the day, which is which is odd because it's not been that of late. It's been I mean he's been been good, but it's all we've all been talking about the forward players. We've been talking about our wingers, and you know they they were amongst the the poorer performers. But again, you know it's one game. Um, we we had our time. Um, let, let's, unfortunately, the next game is the Chelsea match, and um, I, I, I've said I think that focuses us now. I think you go into that game and Neil Warnock's very good at this about taking pressure off. You say look, there's no pressure to play against Chelsea and to get anything from that game. Um, you know, so so it's almost a bonus match, really. Um, and, and I suppose, in a way, also, if Dan's got that extra bit of recovery time, it's almost an extension to the the international break. It's not going to be critical that, that Dan's back for that game because, you know, although we got something last year in, in the home game by you know virtue of a John Terry own goal, um, you know they look impressive this year and they look like we're going to have a real hard time stopping them. But certainly, we'll be they won't be worried too much about our system. So. If we're still doing what we're doing well and our midfield performance as it did against Leicester or away at Everton, you know, we can still got a bit to worry them really. But like I say, a few more options in terms of tactics for me. Um Joe, um I, I have to say I agree with you. I, I want to see Wilf against uh, against Chelsea. That's one of my changes I'd like to see. And and I'm gonna say of the I'm gonna probably dis I, yeah, this is where we'll disagree. I think Balassi. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Right. You, you think punching, yeah? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I really do. I yeah. really do. I, okay. And, and, and do you know what? This is the other thing as well. We're, we're, we've now got players that I think can come in for other players, which we've not had. We've had certain players that haven't had. You know, they've had it their own way because there's not been anyone to come in for them. So, like you yeah. say, you can bring take Balassi off and put Wilf on. But for me, that's the same. You haven't got anything different at all. Maybe the odd extra classier trick from Wilf, um, but. But no, not for me. Um, I, I, and I do think if you want to take um, a punch off, then you can stick Bannon on in his place. I think he is, you know, I think he's finally woken up uh, to the fact that if he doesn't play well, he's going to get stick off of everybody. Um, sometimes he's deserved, sometimes it isn't. But I thought last time out against Newcastle, I thought he played really well. He was Unfortunately, when, when you know, it, it, him and Williams were, were trying to play, play the same space, and I think they were sort of getting in each other's way. And you see when Williams picked the ball up and he was tr- trying to be more direct. Um, they were almost trying to outdo each other. I think we had like, the smallest centre midfield in the history of, of <laughs> top league, f- top flight football. But what they were trying to do is outdo each other by picking the ball up. And instead of trying to go wide, they were, they were actually being very direct and running straight at it. And it made us look really, really good. But yeah. when, but, but what is, Johnny made, you know, uh, Bannon look bad. And then when Johnny went off, yeah, Barry Bannon looked really, really good. So it sort of it freed him up for a bit of space. So I think you know there's no excuse for punching now. We can we can take punch uh, we can take punching off and replace him with one, two, or even three players. You know, Wilf, um, Balassi, up or um, uh, Barry Bannon. So, but yeah, I, I'd, I'd just like to see us go back to to a little system which I think you know brought the world to to to, uh, to look at our wingers. You know, a couple, a few years back, and that was okay. when Yannick and Wilf were terrorising everyone, and no one knew the difference. Um, Jay, I just, I mean, Joe's put a very, very, you know, strong opinion forward on, on punching there about talking about replacing him with, with two or three players. Um, Warnock's talked in the past about how, you know, obviously, you know, since he's taken over, about how well punching's done for him. So, do you, do you see that something's happening? What's, what's your view on punching in general? 
Yeah, he, he flatters to deceive some games, doesn't he? A little bit like Balassi sometimes, but Balassi seems to have that bit of excitement about him. He, Balassi seems to make uh, make fans stand up and, and and wait for wait for something to happen. With, with punching, he's he's got some he's got a great first touch, yeah, control on the ball. But he sometimes appears, or when you're watching him play, he, he may say look look a bit lazy and not interested in a game, and and sometimes unless he's actually chasing back for things or running around. I think we're I think we're spoiled a little bit because we have players in the team like Ledley, Yednak and MacArthur, to name just three, which run and run and run, chase everything down. Even the strikers, even if it's Gale up front or if it's Shamak or if it's Campbell, they, they all hound the defenders and chase them down and stuff like that. Punchin doesn't particularly do that. He's a, he's a very different player. And I mean, he would probably have been the choice for, for, you know, for me to take uh, to sub a play over him or Ledley yesterday. Um, perhaps it's worth a change in the next game. Um, you know, it's Chelsea at home, nothing to lose. Um, I, I said when we were promoted that, you know, I wouldn't expect any points out of top six teams. You know, it's not those teams that we're playing in the Premier League. It's the teams, you know, in and around, you know, the bottom, you know, the bottom half of the table and, and a few, you know, the bottom half of the top 10, perhaps. Um, you know, these, the, these games are, you know, you, you take the hit on some of these games as long as you don't yeah. get trou- trounced. Then you, you know, but we 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 cause a few surprises. We beat Chelsea at home last year. So, and while they're a stronger side this time, I, I think perhaps this game is one to to, to make a couple of changes. You know, punch him for one. I'd, I'd bring Wilf back. You know, uh, into the team. I don't think it's a lot different between Wilf. You know, not you know a, an informed Wilf and a and a punching out on that side and and switching them over. But you know, having punch off the bench. You know, it's we, I think it's the strongest squad we've had in years. I mean, we've got so many options available to us both uh, uh, both you know up front across the midfield I, I suppose you would question you know that the, uh, the the strength in depth at the back you know we we have Hangerland there and uh, yeah, now Dan's injured it leaves us a little bit uh, a little bit low but even so you know um, I, I still maintain it's the strongest we've had on you know the squad we've had in in, in years yeah I'd agree with that uh, the only thing I'll add on on punching is I do feel that he's you know decent acceleration away from being a really top player in my mm. view Mm. Um, I think I think we wouldn't have him if he if he could sort of sprint away like Yannick. Then I don't think you'd you'd see him at a club of our, you know of our current stature. But um, I but Wilf Wilf would bring that, and I can see I can see that argument. But I don't know. It's interesting to see people's differing views on Punch. And I just just think that sometimes he is judged quite harshly because he's a slightly more ponderous rook winger than. Mm. Than you know the flying wingers we've we're used to at Palace maybe, but um, again he could move central or anything like that. But yeah, those are cool, all kind of a, a, a sort of a moot point really. Um, I still think he'll start against Chelsea, um, but I say I, I can see Wilf coming in for Balassi myself. Uh, one last thing, I'll get your views on this, Patrick, because I know you're going to agree with me. In fact, so much so that I won't say what I think. I just say I'm looking for. Obviously, Dan is not going to be in in the defence. So how would you line up that defence? I can definitely see Kelly playing it with Delaney, with Ward back to right back and Fryers at left back. Right. You are correct. That is what I've written as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't see any other way. I mean, at some point we're going to have to get Fryers in there, whether it's due to an injury, unfortunately, or just, you know, moving Ward back. I think, as you just said earlier in the show, Chris, Ward's starting to really struggle at right back, at left back, and looking really, really bad. And I think if he goes back to right back, he got his confidence back, he'll play better. And I think we'll be better as a unit. And obviously we played well the game before, but I just noticed a few games that he hasn't played well at left back, and I'm sure he's he's uncomfortable. But he'll, he's you know he's doing it for the team, so I can definitely yes. see us uh, having Kelly in there, and then like I said, putting Wardy back at right back and getting Fires in there. See what he can do. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it's a shame for Ward because 
it's not. He does a very, very good job at left back filling in. But yeah. I don't. I think we've got to get to a point where we stop seeing him as a left back as a club because I mean, the entire support. He still knows he's a right back. Um, so yeah, it is frustrating to see. And I hope as well. Fries has joined us to play football. Um, and I, and you know, he was in very, very, very highly rated at Man United. He really was well thought of. And he, if he just gets a few games, uh, and you do worry, you do worry bringing him against Chelsea. It's probably not the right game to do that. Um, but. I just think you've got to throw these people in, and I think that that's got. To, if Dan isn't back, which I don't expect him to be, that's got to be the line, the lineup for me. Got to get Ward back home at right back and see how he does because, yeah, I agree with you. He's, he's starting to affect him a little bit, and it's more in possession. Defensively, he's still pretty solid, but if 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 teams just keep showing him down the down the flank, he's you know he's going to struggle. He really is. So if you do that, then just very quickly, yeah. and then um, we get our, our two centre backs back to where they should be. Who do you have at right back, Kelly or Ward? Good question. Um, I would, I would always Ward. play Joe Ward there myself. Yeah, I don't think yeah. Kelly's done anything too too wrong, but I would say Ward is a stronger right back. I like Kelly as a centre back, um, uh, and he's a, he's a very good defender. And you know, he wasn't picked in an England squad for no reason. You know, I think he's now he's playing a bit of football. He's had a horrible time of injuries. Mm. Now he's playing a bit of football. Kelly's starting to look, you know, very classy player. But you know, if you're talking about at right back, having seen both in in the Palace shirt, Ward is a better right back in my view. Um, but I do think Kelly long term will be will be the centre back partner for Scott Dan. I agree with um, that, and that mm. and that doesn't. Do you, so you think it's Dan last season? Do you? I hope, I hope not in a lot of ways because and I I hope he continues to play the way he is and and Kelly and Kelly has, has a fight on to get in there. Exactly, uh, that's what I hope because. Damon, Damon Delaney has been just brilliant, brilliant all season. He's really upped his game further. I mean, I found it was pretty funny that the um, the Leicester fans, because Le- uh, Damon used to play at Leicester, and they're saying, "Who the hell turned Damon Delaney into a competent Premiership <laughs> centre back?" Yeah, you know, yeah, you know exactly. what the hell happened there, kind of thing. So, I can I have the last it. word on punching? <laughs> mm, of course. Okay, uh, Alex Ferguson signed Wilf. Right now, I, I was castigated about three five two a couple of years ago, and Alex said, "Does Alex Ferguson, Alex White said, does Alex Ferguson play three five two? He probably would do nowadays. Um, but the fact is that Ferguson signed Wilfred Zaha, and I don't think he would have signed Jason Punchin. Therefore, I think Wilf's a better player than Punchin. That is good logic. And <laughs> I like that. Do you like that? Do you like that? See how I simplify things? <laughs> that as well. That was decent, Joe. I like that. That was decent. Thanks, mate. I got to admit. Thanks, mate. Good. I like um, analogies. Yeah, I've heard I'm that. Not myself. I'm not liking myself to Ferguson or anything. <laughs> 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 not yet, anyway. <laughs> um, I'm going to finish the show off with a few of your full word reviews. Um, well, I'm going to do what Ben usually does when he's on. I'm, going to, I'm scrolling down my Twitter feed now to look for your full word reviews because no one has put them in my show document. Yes, there it was. There's one. There's one, it's yours, and I'm not, I'm not reading it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, Paul Edwardson has said Bruce got it right. Read it out. <laughs> no, I'm not reading your one out. Mike Tim said we got Judas Bruce. <laughs> um, Ferhat's gone with unrealistic Palace fan syndrome, obviously referring to the, uh, the negativity uh, around. Um, Crystal Palace Jeffs has gone for losing Dan unsettled team. Tony Stewart's gone for pray for Dan, and then this is like a praying emoji. So that does that count as an extra word? Yes. If it doesn't, if it doesn't, that's only three <laughs> words. Um, <laughs> uh, Luce has gone for MacArthur displayed fantastic quality. Yeah, it's a complicated, not well, 
Oh, she's actually hashtag four word reviews correctly as well. The only one. Well done. Uh, John Vince has gone for didn't play that badly. Bob White for five players below par. Uh, Domenico Di Prospo, good name, has gone for hope Dan is fine. Um, Dave has gone for can't hear you, question mark, question mark. That's due to our technical issues. <laughs> Max has gone for no sound people. That's also three words. Um, I think uh, Lynn has gone for Bruce Sustas out. I'm just trying to filter out the ones about our stream not working. And Ben Fleury has gone for Wilf needs to start. I think I think that's all of them. Thank you so much to everyone who got in touch with that. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's everything I've got for you this week. So um, thank you for listening. Thank you to my co-hosts, particularly you, Jay, for your debut. I think you did very well. Well Congratulations. done, Jay. Well Thank done, you. Jay. Cheers, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. And um, yeah, we'll be back. Uh, I don't think we've got a show next week because there's no game. Uh, so we'll be back the following Sunday from somewhere with some lineup of presenters. Mm, good end. Cheerio. Bye. Bye. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.